0: Welcome to the African Intel Affairs podcast series.
1: Uh, My uh, my name is Koji Vitus. I'm the project manager of Nigeria Watch Projects, located in in the University of Ibadan in Nigeria. Uh, We came into existence in 2006 when we wanted to carry out some researches on fatalities in Nigeria, violence in Nigeria, but couldn't see any. So there was no specific database that handled or archived ledo incidents in Nigeria. So it actually motivated us to come up with Nigeria Watch, where since that 2006, we've been archiving ledo incidents. Every ledo incident except suicide in Nigeria. We excluded suicide because uh, we felt it was self-inflicted. Yeah, it may be argued are some people may want to, there are so many questions regarding to include the but now in our methodology, we specifically stated that we excluded it based on the conviction that suicide is self-inflicted, not inflicted by a second party. So, and secondly, we included car accidents in Nigeria because car accidents is a major cause of deaths in Nigeria, apart from crime, apart from insurgency. Apart from religious, certainly, if not religious incidents. Car accident kills a lot of people in Nigeria. So that was our motivation for including car accident. And since that two thousand and sixteen, um, we've um, been online. It's an open source. So the article we wrote on uh, sources is in Nigeria Watch as our case study was based on our daily experience our day-to-day interaction with data, our day-to-day interaction with our sources, our day-to-day interaction with our environment. Since we're in an academic environment, it was easier for us to get inputs from people who have used database. It was easier for us to get exchanges. We supply data, we run analysis, we monitor the trends. And um, interestingly, um, we survived till this and it's a whole lot of data on let violence in Nigeria. Okay, so so, like I said before... uh Okay, so... we. we, Okay, please, please go ahead.
0: Yeah, so typically, typically, I think that many people might not realize who your, your uh, um, um, sort of recipients or beneficiaries of the data which, which you actually produce, so um, I. I think it would be important if you express which people are finding your data useful and which networks make use of that database. Just just like a general overview. You don't have to name drop any people specifically.
1: Oh oh, oh. interesting. Like I said before, we're located in the university environment. So our first target audience are students, researchers. Okay. Now conflict managers, peace builders. Now, when you look at the trend of violence, you'll we have, we have, we'll be, we'll be able to come up with scenarios. You can build your scenarios, you can build the early warning systems on, on the trend of violence where you cannot call because it spreads. It spreads like we have in Bono. Now Boko will come and attack a community and you can actually project the line of the next community they can attack. So now it has conflicts. Mitigators, it, kept, it helps conflict managers to come up with policies now on mitigating those conflicts. It helps researchers now to come up and monitor the trends of violence in Nigeria. It's not just a monitoring. We've produced so many academic materials on violence in Nigeria. The latest one was on the myths of violence in Nigeria. Myths, there are certain myths about Nigeria. Okay, now some people will tell you, cast and kills more than every other, okay, car that occurs mostly in, in, during um, Christmas period. Is it true? Now, our research will debunk or affirm that assumption. Now, if you look at the trends, since they occur on daily basis, look at the trend. So you can either support that hypothesis or you can avoid. So now we target researchers. Then peace builders, per se, we're interested in what they do. How are they building conflict? You cannot build conflict, cannot be peace without having data. You cannot build conflict without looking at the dynamics of conflict. You cannot. So we encourage them, take a look at what we do. Now know how you build your scenarios, know how you build the early warning system, know how you build your responses. Nothing will solve them from looking at what type of reports are being used. Nothing will solve them from looking at what type of cars, vehicles are involved, mostly involved in cars. What are the routes that are most affected? So these are policy options that can come up just taking a look at a database. We not only deal on trends. So we deal on training people on how to use the database and see how to make use of database to produce research. Personally, I came up with a research in car accidents in Nigeria, it was fantastic. I had to look at the days that have the highest occurrences of car accidents in Nigeria, little car accidents in Nigeria. I had to look at the weeks, I had to look at the months. Without the database, it would have been difficult. And this published is online. A lot of comments, a lot of commendations about the paper. And we had, that year we had like 20 of such papers produced by 20 different researchers, collected in a single book, Violence in Nigeria. Hard copy, soft copy is still online. So we have a whole lot of users. Then NGOs, we have uh, uh, embassies, Telling you, okay, give me, give me the trend. I want to look at the trend of violence and stuff. Now we have a, a, a special, uh, what we call a security map. Where you have the security map, you just click on the map, you know the location in Nigeria where most violence is occur. So there are a lot of people we try to incorporate: students, researchers, conflict managers, um, embassy staff, and then the public who may want to know what happens around it because knowing what happens around you adds value to your life. It makes you avoid some places and then avoid some issues that may cause harm to you.
0: So, the very interesting thing, and I know there are a lot of people who have indulged with research to do with many African countries, whether it's whether it's got an elevated conflict profile or not, et cetera, et cetera, um, whether it's governments, private sectors or international actors, One of the issues has always been, and you've expressed this in your paper, the reliability of sources, and especially since you are mainly based on newspaper outlets. What are the drawbacks of of mainly depending on news and media organizations as as one of your primary sources? And uh, also as an extension to that question, uh, in this age of disinformation, how are we you know like can you as a secondary user to a media organization say if a media organization falls prey to some some disinformation uh which comes as as a report is there any way that you have of controlling it and what are the weaknesses that you you are confronting right now
1: all right I was stepping here um like every other um research there are there are limitations to Every research, there are limitations, and then um, researching with the media has its own limitations too. One of which is a uh, um, graphic depictions of victims. Now, uh, in the co- so I was saying, uh, graphic depictions of victims of violence is a major problem. Is a major problem. Now, some people want to engage in some researches, and the more they see the depictions of dead bodies and blood littered everywhere, it discourages them. It discourages them. What happens in Buddha? Now, but psychologically, we are battling to come up common times with those depictions. It took some years. It took some years, not less than four years to get used to it, not entirely. So when you keep seeing blood on the papers, you keep seeing blood on the media every time. You poses a great danger. It introduces bias. Now, bias in the sense that who is killed? From which region? What's the religion? What's the gender? At the end of the day, when you collect all these things, now you will see that temporarily there will be bias in war. Even in war, how you treat the incident? Incident, we call an incident, an event that involves a fatality. So, If you're not professional enough to overcome that problem, now, it poses a great threat in the way you describe the events, in the way you analyze the incidents, and then in the way you depict the victims involved in the incident itself. So that depiction is not meant for everybody, but it takes a long to overcome it. Now we're talking about the second issue is uh, government interference. Sorry to say this, recently in Nigeria, um, we had, uh, we, we we read some news that the uh, government want to censor the reportage of uh, insurgency in the Northeast, where Boko Haram and Aisop have uh, been terrorizing residents. Now, some of us see that as government interference. The media should be independent. Now, investigative journalists who are on the field, what do you expect them to do? They go, they pick the facts, they come, the publish it for public consumption. But in the sense where you are censoring it, you are censoring Twitter, you are censoring other media outlets, you are threatening them that who report that you sanctioned the media company. It hurts reporter, it hurts, it hurts media, media, it hurts our work. It doesn't bring about objectivity. So whatever you may tend to produce may be subjective and then be, be questionable. So media biases are another problem. So now we look at the media ownership. All right, so, so I was saying about media ownership, media locality, media origin um, has a longer uh, effect on our on, on researches on violence, especially in Nigeria. Um now where the media originates has influence. Like in the south southwest, where you have Nigerian Tribune, Nigerian Tribune records most incidents in the in the region. Now it may not really be extended, many incidents in the southeast or south, south, or north may not really be captured, despite how it tries to um, prove that it's a national daily. It's a problem because the, the, the interest is more or less on the southwest. Now we have the litras that covers a lot of places in the, in the north. We have Nigerian sun that covers in the southeast, independent that covers in the south-south. Now, what I'm trying to say is that no matter how we claim or no matter how the bodies claim that they are they have natural coverage, they are based on regional grounds. It's a problem because it leads us to underreportage. It leads us to maybe missing so many incidents that would have co- captured um, um, in the media. The sectionality of the media reportage now leads to lots of data that should have really been enriched, uh, be used to enrich so many databases. So it's a problem like for us here, it's a problem in the sense that we have to go extra mile to look for other materials that are somehow reliable to augment what we have. Okay. Yeah, hello.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I'm right here. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, sorry, please. Now, a major problem is the issue of uh, um, taxonomies. Categorizations. How do you categorize conflicts? Now, how do you group them? Now, it's shared with a lot of controversy. It's shared with a lot of subjectivity. Now, in the course of our work, uh, we found out that there are some overlaps, overlapping of, um, let's say, uh, the context of different incidents violence violence. Incident. Like we have Boko Haram. Now, database treats, treats, treats Boko Haram as both as a political issue and as a religious issue. Now, from my own understanding, the insurgency in Nigeria has both, captures both contexts. Now, you can't just treat it as a appropriate because Boko Haram is, is, is a group of extremists trying to out territories, trying to, to fight government for whatever reasons they have. Now, yet, it still has religious under- it's, it's all about, it's, uh, um extremism, Muslim extremism. Now, they want to expand. Now, some people may argue it's not about jihad, jihad. Uh, yeah, some of us still have reservations about that. So what I'm saying is that there are a lot of meanings, contexts, and it's been difficult for us to actually dissect which incident as in the case of Boko Haram, as in the case of pastoral incidents that have both land issue and uh, and uh, cattle grazing overlapping. So what we do is now to make sure that, now some of our leaders are listed. So we include multiple causes, like Boko Haram, have pastoral incidents, then witchcraft and sorcery. It's a narrow bit, it's a very thin line. It's a very thin line, there's a very thin line between both incidents. Now, how do you define sorcery and then witchcraft? Now, witchcraft involves um, from our own perspective, killings for the sake of um the I mean, dismembering of bodies uh, for the sake of economic reasons or for the sake of fortification or other reasons. But witchcraft, witchcraft, there are so many incidents we overcame, uh, we overcome in other There there some people were accused of witchcraft of killing of killing their relatives through sorcery. It still boils down to sorcery. So how do we differentiate with so your look for us now we get to context here right, that we include them in the database in case now somebody who be interested in researching about sorcery going about and then distinguishing between the two based on what he or she is about doing with the work, the research for. Okay,
0: okay. This is, a, this is a very interesting note because I think that uh, in the context of African countries, sometimes a lot of people downplay things like Witchcraft and and sorcery, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and they look at it as this extreme other. However, mm. um, I I also I also do think that the reason why um, a lot of people have problems uh, trying to understand that is because in different contexts we do refer to religious conflict in different ways, and I also think that this is, in one way or another, an extension of this of this. Of this, of of this sort of conversation. So, um, where in some, in some, in some sort of context, you might be able to list um, religious motivations as the reason for the conflict, but then also the mode of uh, um, 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 sort of executing violence uh, then actually becomes the issue. That what struck this person uh, is is something that is less physical and more of a spiritual invisible force, then that's that starts to have different connotations for a lot of people that you're citing imaginary sources. However, um, I often find that when you look at the ways in which we categorize categorize religious motivated conflict uh vis-a-vis um, this, the same kind the, the same kinds of descriptions offered for witchcraft and sorcery you may find some similarities which can be drawn upon except that when you interact with information that has to do with witchcraft and sorcery you you'll sometimes uh, see that the actor which is cited is, is 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 not physically tangible or cannot be located. Mm. And so in in order for you, like you had said that in in terms of mapping trends, you know, <laughs> it's not one mm. of those things where you can say, this area is predominantly Christian and therefore a lot of instances going to be like this and this. You may catch the information in patches and uh, and so, which is a very interesting thing, but it's also something that we need to recognize because when people make explanations for, for conflict, I guess that that brings a different level of, to the extent to which also the bias is influencing the research. If you're coming from a region where it's not unusual of incidences mm-hmm. where witchcraft has had a part to play you will easily grasp it and accept it and you may have a reason to put it in the database but if yeah. you are not in the belief and you're very secular minded and uh, or if you're an atheist uh, your belief. system may cite that information as unbelievable <laughs> and you, mm, so, right. it's a, so it's a very interesting yeah. hurdle to have to come across as a researcher because we are people where we Africans we get put into an academic setting and then we get told about information that we can verify you know empirical evidence and structures and nomenclature whereas <laughs> in another context we also know what our stories are and that the event still took place, and we need to find a way to record it.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, you you're know, right. You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So no, <laughs> uh, this is this is this is definitely very interesting, and also um, an extension of a conversation which we need to continue to have as far as research is concerned. But my last question for you really has to do with um, your role in. In informing early warning i know that because you are in nigeria um how would you say that your database feeds into the current eco uh, um, one early warning um, response mechanism
1: uh yeah to be frank uh what we uh, what we defined as a methodology is uh, to monitor um to monitor and collect a uh, ledo violence in Nigeria. Um, we were not specific on engaging ourselves in L1 systems. But the say what we we'll do is uh, we try to reach out to the public to embrace a database with which they can build on the scenarios on L1A system. Uh, like I said before, uh, taking a look at the database, you, come, you know the trends of violence, you know the incident, the, the protagonists involved, you know the instruments used. Um, as, a conflict, as a conflict analysis, you really pinpoint what you do with the data you have. So it's important to really know that we don't recommend policies for the government, but we expose them to the database for them to come up with policies themselves uh it's 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 uh it's like i said before you can't really build up those systems without having actual data on ground is difficult so we provide the actual data and then reach out to people reach out to the public train those we've trained a lot of people on the usage train them at uh, the university academia, the uh peace uh, builders conflict managers we've trained a lot of them on how to use the database and then come up with whatever they want that has to do with uh adding more value to life or prevention of violence in Nigeria and across Africa.
0: No, this is uh, wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to brief us on the Nigeria Watch project and all that it does in contributing to our knowledge about conflict and violent occurrences of violent incidences in the country. Yeah. And-